So that means we have Musgrove, Profar, Melancon, and um, Melanson. <laughs> Kella, Kila. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pod Squad Pod. Joined today by Greg Cohen and RJ Shanks. A lot going on in the Padres universe. Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the huge signings since the last time we were on the pod? Wow. What a, what a time to be alive uh, as a Padres fan, Tyler. Thanks for the introduction. Um, I mean, if you're a Padres fan and you have a pulse, you know what's been going on. We thought we were done uh, after Caratini, Joe's favorite, Snell, Darvish. But no, I mean, we got uh, Tyler's best friend growing up, Joe Musgrove, uh, back in San Diego. We re-signed Tatis' best friend and arguably uh, number one smile in Major League Baseball with Jerickson Profar. Uh, we also had a few, you know, last time on this podcast, we were actually talking about how, uh, uh, you know, we didn't really know who the closer was going to be. So what does Preller do? He decides to go get two closers. Uh, Mark Melancon, you know, a three-time Melanson, Greg, let's know our new squad. <laughs> what was that? It's Melanson. It's our boy now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had no idea how to say his last name. That's embarrassing, but I appreciate it. And, you know, I'm going to let you pronounce the other pitcher from uh, the Pirates tie so I don't butcher it. Fair enough. Keone Kayla. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Melanson's only been in the league for like a decade, so no big deal. Hey, you know what? That's fair. Uh, that's fair. I, I got to be better. That, that's on me. <laughs> All right, RJ. The big question for you, who is a better defensive outfielder? Is it Mark Melanson or Will Myers? <laughs> i so i don't may not i may be in the dark here is that just a is that a shot at will's defense or is that like is melanson actually like some kind of outfield defender what so background there last year uh in the playoffs he was in the bullpen and made a couple catches while warming up on home run oh, balls. That's, <laughs> that's right i do remember that um i mean you know gotta give my hat off to melanson like great form uh you know great uh great fundamentals but you know obviously it's will like i don't think we can even argue at this point that will is a plus defender so you know we're just we're gonna tip the cap to melanson like a for effort but will's still better <laughs> I don't even think you I know, need to ask Tyler. Greg. Yeah, I think we it's two to one on this one, Melanson, but I guess we can move on. <laughs> Tyler, I don't think you're giving his uh, his two home run catches enough credit here. I mean, they were late in game, his own team hitting bombs directly to him. I mean, think about the opportunity we have in center field with our, with our bullpen, uh, you know, being right there. I, I mean, Tatis and Machado are going to be aiming for Melanson when he's uh, when he's warming up. So this is just very, very exciting, uh, you know, across the board. That is a very Hopefully. underrated part of the signing. That's a very good point. Hopefully he throws those uh, balls out to the fans because, you know, those uh, bullpen seats would be a high commodity if uh, Melanson <laughs> fashion Tatis home runs. Yeah, and <laughs> so, as someone who's uh, hopefully going out there, RJ, I'm sure you'd be excited about that. Yeah, I'll be I'll be over and left, but like from what I have gotten from the Padres ticket uh, season ticket like representatives, like they're they so they I I probably haven't told you guys this, but they they sent out a survey, uh, kind of trying to gauge people's like you know feelings on you know attending games and whatnot, and most of the questions seem to kind of surround like, hey, would you rather you know be in like a like a pod or like a seat pod basically where like no one's around you but like that therefore you wouldn't necessarily be able to sit in the same seat every time or you would you know probably sit in like a a, a lesser valued seat so 
probably hurts me in case of getting close to the bullpen, but like it does seem like there'd be ways to get near there or like near the action um, and still be like social distance. So hopefully, yeah, well, hopefully we'll have some fans in the stands uh, for the 2021 season. Yeah, so like, add to that yeah. too. Like Petco's the perfect stadium to have fans. There's literally a park in the stadium. There's so <laughs> much open space. It's going to be sunny all the time. Like they, I mean, they had the World Series and the, uh, I mean, they had a lot of the playoffs in Texas where isn't that a closed off stadium anyways? I mean, it just seems it like Echo would be the perfect spot for it. Yeah, I think they're trying to figure out ways to, like, make sure fans don't, like, roam and get too close to each other. And, like, obviously you got to wear your mask all the time. But, I mean, I'm down. Like, let's let's do it. Let's let me let me get some of this Potter's action. Like, we're we've been so bad for so long. We're finally that I deserve. We deserve to see them live. Yeah, as a fellow season ticket holder, I was also sent that survey. And in the comment section, I just said, "Whatever test here to let me in, let me in." So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want me to take it? You want me to take a test in the fifth inning after I take one? Like, yes, I'll do it. Look. Yes, I. Whatever you guys got to do. If Alexi Amarista was still our shortstop, then, you know, maybe oh. it's a no. Maybe it's too much of a risk. But, uh, you know, with the squad we have now, it seems like uh, there's a lot of risk uh, to be taken to see this team. Do not slander the name of the great Alexi Amarista when you have Jason Bartlett easily available to rip. <laughs> uh, you know, like Alexi Amarista and Logan Forsythe, what a, some of the greatest <laughs> middle infielders we ever had uh, as part of the Padres squad. That's what makes it so... I mean, we were trying to convince ourselves that 75-year-old Orlando Hudson and Jason Bartlett were, were going to be the center of the infield on a great team. And uh, now we actually have I mean, talent. We thought Tyler Blanks was going to be the, you know, Aaron Judge. But, uh, hey, we, uh, we did our best. <laughs> Who was the second baseman when Cleo Green uh, was shortstop? He was, like, young, and he had, like, a decent rookie year. And then oh, really- Josh Barfield? There you go. Oh. <laughs> what a pull. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh god, I got this. I got, I got it. <laughs> uh, you mean, or you could, uh, you know, just think about our, our top-rated prospect for multiple years, Corey Spangenberg. Really uh, panned out. I think he's playing in Korea now. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. It would. He's not a breakout me. away from br- being a breakout away. All right, you know, there's still hope. You know, you know, you if you needed a guy to lay down a bunt, it wasn't going to be Spangenberg. Uh, he was always going to just for some reason just foul it off every single time he tried to bunt. Very, very frustrating. Did um, have, let's, did have you sneaky know, pop, though, for that power, you know, or for that speed, <laughs> I should say. Yeah, I was at the game. We had the walk-off home run. I'm like, this is it. This is the future. <laughs> this, is, this is the guy. <laughs> now we're, like, training for Joey Musgrove as our fifth starter. We're just like, that's all right. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so – you know, I do want to I do want to ask you guys, and I know we didn't prep for this, fans. I apologize if I'm uh, getting RJ and Tyler just uh, just you know without any preparation here. But last time we talked, we did we did discuss like six through nine, who's pitching? Uh, you know, especially if our starter goes five, and then we got to hand it off to the bullpen. You know, we did add two pretty dominant relievers. Uh, RJ, I want to ask you first. Now that we have this new updated bullpen who is your six through nine okay so i kind of like to i still like to do this like backwards because it's just easier that way so i would go um nine melanson eight pomerantz Mm. 
seven. Seven, I'd probably go Pagan. I really don't mind him in the seventh spot. And, you know, hopefully he kind of, like, gets back to form. If he's still, you know, hit or miss, you can easily demote him or throw someone new in in the seventh uh, inning. You know, that's that's kind of your your fringe bullpen inning anyway. Um, so seven, Pagan. And then six, uh, six, I'd probably go Pierce. Wow. Wow. Tyler, same question to you. I hate to make it boring, but I would, I would actually copy that exactly. Um, but I'd like, you know, personally, I think the sixth inning is more of a matchup inning than it is like just a set in stone, you know, throw Pierce in the sixth type oh, thing. Totally. But I, I would agree with the Pagan, uh, Pomerantz. And then at the moment, Melanson to start, he's a little old now. I don't know if that's somebody who's going to lock it down the full season, but I think, you know, his, you know, longevity in the league is probably the, the right way to start it off unless Pagan just breaks camp with like an unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable spring. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you guys too. I think it's, it's pretty fun now having this just, I guess, wealth of <laughs> bullpen arms. I mean, I just, I don't know how to explain it differently. I mean, we have what, like 12 guys competing, maybe even more like 15 guys competing for like nine spots in the bullpen. I just, I, it's, it's pretty crazy, especially what happened last year. And we thought our bullpen was pretty deep last year. Um, so it's going to be fun. I'm really pumped to have Pomerantz hopefully still in that eight spot. I think he is by far the best eighth inning reliever in baseball. Uh, I don't think it's even close. And, you know, if he needs to come in for that ninth inning, like our closer is screwing up, just come in and shut it down. Uh, we have that opportunity to yeah, you're not going to get any argument from me here on the, the best eighth inning reliever in the league. I, I, I don't know why. In my brain, he just has that closer spot. Perfect. That eighth inning role, it's perfect. 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 Cool. Yeah, and speaking of, uh, you know, what we're going to be talking about next, not to uh, spoil what we're going to be jumping into later, but uh, you look at these other things. You said all the people we have competing for these slots uh you go break down these other rosters in the nl west that aren't that that one particular team and uh, it's uh, <laughs> slim pickings for a lot of them it's going to be a, a rough season i think for a few of these teams yeah you can say that again um you know we saw a lot of news coming in of uh some major signings some trades and uh Luckily, it doesn't seem like any other teams besides the Dodgers got better. And, uh, you know, RJ would say they may have even gotten worse with their most recent signing. But that's for uh, that's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. This, this, so this week we'll be breaking down uh, how the Padres stack up to the rest of the NL uh, West. Uh, this episode will be covering the Rockies, Giants and Diamondbacks. Uh, we'll do a part two episode strictly for the Dodgers since they are our main competition. And we had to get um, Joe back for the Dodgers. We couldn't, we couldn't do the Dodgers without Joe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, Greg, let's kick it to you first. Uh, why don't you break down how the Potters are going to stack up against the, the old Bay Area Gigantes. You're, uh, Bay Area! You're you know, local. I got to say, uh, I'm, I'm glad to do the Giants because I hate the Giants. Um, there's a lot of Bay Area fans currently complaining about the Warriors not being, you know, that great anymore even though they are still saying that Steph is the MVP which I mean come on like, <laughs> come on um, that's I mean you know. yeah and Draymond you know they're saying Draymond is a uh, 
second team All NBA forward right now. No, Try it, man. no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's no, Mr. It's, uh, triple it's, single. It's, uh, it's tough up here. It it is. Uh, it's tough up here. Um, but anyway, is this your same work friend, Greg? You need new work friends. <laughs> hey, this is this is everybody in oh, the man. in the Bay Area. This is this is just everybody. I mean, look, James Wiseman looks good. Is he a twenty year Hall of Fame vet? I don't know. There's, but that's what they're saying. Anyways, my uh, my whole point uh, to talk about is. Uh, the Giants, uh, you know, really just kind of a crappy team right now. I mean, there's nothing else to say. Look, last year, if we uh, if we look at, you know, how they did, they were right under 500, 29 and 31. All they needed to do was win one of two games against the Padres at home uh, in the last two games in order to make the playoffs. Of course, Tatis uh, thought differently, hit a like monster, monster left center field shot uh, in the uh, second to last game. And then, you know, Jace just kind of wanted to start all of our starters and then take everybody out. And uh, we still worked the Giants to make sure they didn't make the playoffs. One of my happiest moments. If I may. a lot of smack to my Bay Area friends. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we can't leave out Trent Grisham walking off the Giants in their own building. Uh, to keep them out of the playoffs. That's, that's something that uh, I will cherish a long time. Yeah, yeah. If there's, uh, if there's anything I'm excited for for this season, it's definitely to see some uh, Trent Grisham pimp home runs. You know what I mean? Uh, but anyways, they finished third place in the NL West last year. So looking at their current roster, I have to say it's, it's interesting. Um, so I'm just going to rattle off the, uh, the starting pitchers, the, the projected rotation. So Kevin Gosman, uh, I, I think I remember him. He seems fine. Uh, Johnny Cueto, in the past, Cueto has one hit us, you know, two hit us, and I've been at a lot of those games. He's very, very frustrating, but he's also like, you know, 75 years old. He's almost as old as Musi Muhammad at this point. So I think, uh, you know, we're going to be fine there. Anthony DeScalfani. I don't even know how to say that there you go, Logan Webb, Alex Wood. What I'm trying to say is I wouldn't say this projected 2020 starting rotation, 2021, excuse me, scares me. I wouldn't even say that it makes me nervous. The only person on their team that makes me nervous is Mike Yastrzemski. He tends to go off on the Padres. Uh, Donovan Solano also had a really great season last year. But again, like I, I just I don't see this team – getting close to sniffing the playoffs in a full season. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts, uh, Tyler, on, you know, some of the giant stuff I just shared. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in the completing uh, for $18 million in a season. You got to do it. You know I mean? You can't, you can't pass <laughs> up, you can't pass up that opportunity, but you know, Daryl uh, scares me. He does. It sounds like you, Greg, Tommy Listella is a, a nice player also. I don't think this team is like a last place team by any means. Uh, but I mean, when you're kind of relying on the corpse of Buster Coke Posey to produce for you uh, and also Brandon Crawford, who hasn't been good in five years, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's looking a little rough for, for, for your boys up, uh, up North. Don't forget though about RJ's best friend, Alex Dickerson. He, he's pretty decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Padre great Alex Dickerson as well. That's right. um, I do want to mention, um, a lot of Giants fans, so again, I live in uh, the Bay Area. I actually live in Oakland, so not in San Francisco. That place ain't for me. Um, 
But a lot of them kept saying that Joey Bart was going to save their franchise. He's the next Buster Posey. I, I just, I got to know, Giants fans, I mean, how are you feeling about Joey Bart now? Like, let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Question for you, Greg, um, think- real quick. You got to pick one, Joey Bart or James Wiseman. Oh my God! I mean that—that—that's—that's—I mean that's easy. James Wiseman. I okay. Mean, okay. I just want it on the <laughs> I mean Joey Bart. I mean he looked like he couldn't hit a fastball that was right down the middle if someone told him it was coming. Like that's how that's how bad he looked last year. Also, arguably the worst defensive catcher in the big leagues. Um, you know, even worse than Mejia. And uh, <laughs> you know, we do a lot of Mejia slander on this podcast. I just, if I'm the Giants, I'm looking at their, their farm system as well. And I'm, I'm scared. I mean, maybe some of these guys develop, but well, I don't know, man, if you're, if you're trying to like have the anchors of Evan or Evan Longoria, ugh, Alec, Alec Dickerson, Mauricio Dubon. I mean, the only reason he's in the league is because of that name. I just don't see it happening. RJ, I want you to comment too, because I know how much you uh, love talking Bay Area teams. Well, we haven't even covered like the most important point. It's an odd year, so the Giants are irrelevant. Like, oh yeah, you know, right. we can just ride them <laughs> off there. No, I they are to me they are the, you know, it, it's to me the NOS is going to boil down to two teams. Obviously, the Potters and the Dodgers. The Giants are kind of like that sneaky third, like dark horse team. Like maybe they just like kind of put something together and like you know will contend for third. I, but personally, like I think they overachieved last year. Like you just look at that lineup and. You know, it's got some pieces, but not not enough for a division run or, you know, let alone a, a wild card run for that matter. Um, Dawson's actually the, the pitcher who, like, I've never understood because, like, you look at his stuff, and you're like, man, that guy's got some good stuff. And then he just, like, it never pans out. He did have a decent year last year, but, I, you know, he's been so inconsistent his entire career. I don't know if that holds up. Cueto is Cueto, but like you said, Greg, you know, he is approaching the uh, the ageless wonder and Musin Muhammad uh, age. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I think the Giants are going to be like that scrappy team. Um, you know, love Dickerson, m- miss that guy. A lot of power. Uh, great, Padre, great. Yeah, but you know, like you said Longoria is getting old. It's just you. There's not enough youth combined with the aging on that team to keep them relevant well let's just say this yeah hold on greg let me just say this i mean you there's some questions on the roster yes but we have an incredible manager like gabe kapler able to put the puzzle (laughs) pieces together i mean you just can't doubt a team like this that again like (laughs) to give them some credit like every time yaz is up i i will say like that guy does scare me you know, I, but here's a question, only, Greg, how old do you think Yaz is? He's 31 now. Yeah. Isn't he? So like, again, it's, you know, it's not like he, he might've had his best year of last year. Like, it's not like you're, you're looking for development there. Like that's this, this might be who he is. This, these might be his next like two great seasons, but it's not sustainable. And, and it, he'd have to become a completely different type of player to like have his best years 31 and on. Yeah, and I don't see Donovan Solano hitting three twenty six again. It, I just that well, doesn't. I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm assuming Jace would get smart and stop pitching to him because, like, he was he was a Padre killer last year for whatever reason. <laughs> Can we also talk about how in the most important game of the season, 
they decide to to bench Donovan Solano, their arguably best player for all of last season, and to bring him up in a really important pitch hit pinch hit opportunity. I mean, Cap, what is, what is the decision there? Like, how how does that happen? Analytics, Greg. <laughs> analytics. <laughs> uh, um, so I guess the. And, you know, I might be a little bit more negative on the Giants. Um, and it's it's just because I had to be up in the Bay Area during all those damn championships. I uh, heard a lot of, you know, shit talk about him. I heard that Buster Posey's the greatest human being of all time. And you know what? I'm just over it. I, uh, I just, uh, I'm just over it. I don't think Brandon Crawford has ever been that good. Um, he's a fan favorite here. I think he's been average at best. Good defender, sure, but hitting-wise, just average. Brandon Belt pisses me off more than almost <laughs> any player in Major League Baseball. He pisses and, off every Giant fan, too. <laughs> the, just a draft uh, so that annoying. never put it together. I don't know why. He reminds me of Casey Husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, four, so people, four people say... out there got that reference. Four. <laughs> Three of them are on this podcast. <laughs> um, if I would say they win, I don't know, at most, what, like 75 games. 76 <laughs> games. I think 76 games is like what I'm putting the line, the line for them. I feel like it's 76 is the, is the most they're going to win. Yeah, they're not exactly uh, screaming 81 and 81 for me either. Or actually, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I feel about the, uh, the Giants. The other thing that I like is, uh, you know, our new, <laughs> our new reliever, Mark Melanson, um, as you said, former Giants. So he's going to know how to pitch to some of these guys. It's going to be great. Uh, I think, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun coming to the Bay Area and taking three out of four. That's what's great about Melanson. He's played for like every team in the league. So he knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, any final thoughts right, so on the that, Giants here, guys? Uh, no, I think that about covers it. You know, they'll they might they might put a little streak together, and everybody will be like, "Ooh, watch out for the Giants!" But I think, like in the end, when all things are said and done, they'll be sitting at third with a below five hundred record. I can see it. I can see it. All right, you want to go to the uh, the Diamondbacks here, RJ? Sure, I'll I'll cover the Diamondbacks. So, uh, yeah, not much to say about them either. Uh, they went twenty five and thirty five last year, and uh, they're they are not looking to make a run this year. Uh, so their current projected lineup, and this is per RotoChamp, is set at uh, Cole Calhoun at, in the outfield, Keltel Marte uh, also in the outfield, Christian Walker at first, Dave Peralta in the outfield, uh, Eduardo Escobar at third. Drew Cabrera at second, Nick Ahmed at short, and then Carson Kelly behind the dish. Uh, these guys are all, like, old. Like, you know, everyone except for Marte and Kelly are in their 30s. Cabrera's 35, Calhoun's 33. You know, he had a good year last year. Like, it was definitely their, you know, bright spot, I guess you would call it, like a good free agent signing. Uh, but, you know, other than him and Marte, like, their offense is pretty, you know – bleak to say at best um Marte had you know I think it was like 32 home runs in 2019 and then he hit two last year so who's to say where he's really going to fall in especially considering Arizona is you know a hitters friendly park so you don't really want to see peaks and valleys like that with your home run uh totals so 
who's to say what they're going to get out of him. Um, yeah. And then their pitching staff, again, nothing, not a lot to write home about. Uh, Zach Gallen did have a breakout year last year. He enters the season turning 25, went three and two last year with a two seven five ERA. Uh, but everybody else is, you know, not great. Uh, we have, whoa, we have whoa, Will, RJ, you know, RJ. Whoa. You're talking about one of the greatest Bay Area left-handed pitchers of all time that we hit how many home runs off of last last season? Well, Will had like four himself, so I don't know what our total was. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Mad Bum is uh, is washed, and you know he's he's only to be 31. I thought he was older than this, but like those innings have added up. He had a 6.48 ERA last year with a 1.44 WHIP. Not great. Not great. You know, when you act like you're drinking four beers at one time after winning a World Series, but really just drinking half or maybe a quarter of one, that's going to come back and get you. Wasting that much beer just to show off to fans. I mean, come on. That's going to come back and uh, haunt you for years. And I think uh, it's it's proving so right now. Absolutely. You might have won your World Series MVP and all that nonsense, Madison. But guess what? You're washed now. Was it worth it? I don't think so. <laughs> Wait, was just just uh, going back to that game where we broke the uh, you know the franchise record for most home runs in a game? Um, when Tatis hit his, didn't the left fielder just Correct. not move? I'm pretty Did sure it? the left fielder didn't move on any of them. None of them were like even close. The Tatis one though, like he he like never even did anything. It was yeah. He didn't even yeah. turn. Right? No, it was. I got a mad bum. Had to have loved that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, he for sure. Mad Bum for sure chewed yeah. him out. Like at the at, at like I God, you always gotta love a pitch like that. Like, hey, I know he hit a tank off me. I know the ball is five hundred feet, but at least turn, okay? Make me feel better <laughs> for giving up a five hundred feet. Home that run. ball barely went into the upper deck. It's great. Yeah. So the one thing to comment on your uh, on your synopsis of uh, the Diamondbacks, RJ, is that is Cattell Marte. I think we like someone's got to save him. Someone's got to get that guy off of the Diamondbacks. I mean, he, I, he's a he's a top quality player. He hits for very very good average, as you said. Like he was a home run hitter at one point. I think a lot of this is attitude, probably. You know, when your team is always going to lose, uh, like it's probably hard to get up for a game and get pumped. Well, <laughs> well the, th- the 32 home runs was like, was a career high. And it was like double his career high. So it might be more of a, you know, questions we want to like file away and look at later. If you know I feel you. I, I actually yeah. really like, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, think he's good. One, one thing I would like to address here quickly is Eduardo Escobar, a lot of people, said, why are the Padres getting Manny Machado for so much money when they could sign Eduardo Escobar for way less? And uh, we're seeing why uh, he got old quick. But I do like this team more than I like the Giants. Um, I like their starting. I like Zach Allen a lot. He's legitimately really good. And I think Caleb Smith is, is very talented also. And Merrill Kelly, for whatever reason, is just a pest. Like he doesn't throw hard. His ball doesn't seem to move that much, but he just is, he's solid. So when you have Bumgarner yeah. as like your four or five starter, that's not like super terrible until you look at his contract. It, his contract's bad, but then they've also got like Luke Weaver slot as like their fifth slot starter. And he was, he's terrible. So, you I mean, their, their pitching really falls apart, but yeah, I agree. Like 
you look at a Zach Allen, to your point, he's very good. He He's definitely a bright spot you can build a staff around. Um, but based on their, their off-season additions, you know, they, they brought in Caleb Smith. Not a bad signing. He, he's been pretty decent with Miami. Uh, guess who else they signed? A uh, former Padre, Ryan Booker. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that's good. Oh. A little, little yeah. miles an hour to inside to right-handers. Let's see how that works out. It, it didn't. Um, and they also brought in uh, uh, Joaquin Soria. Ooh. So, you know, that back end of that book <laughs> okay. is now repaired after losing Archie Bradley. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I think they'll be okay. They'll probably be a little bit better than last year if Marte kind of has more of a back bounce back year. But I, I just don't see them competing. And, guys, we can't forget, in their minor leagues, uh, they have Yasmani Tomas. I mean, that, that guy was supposed to be unbelievable. They, I, I, they re- I think oh, they yeah, released they, him. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am happy that I am happy about two things. One, uh, Tyler, to comment on Merrill Kelly. Yes, he was frustrating, but <laughs> no. not to Tatis. Uh, pretty sure uh, Tatis uh, loves facing that guy. Um, and the second thing is, I think we're all very happy that we don't need to hear uh, Robbie oh, God, yes. grunt from the Diamondbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. It was, it There's was nothing like game, watching but... a Robbie Ray start where it's like one-to-one one in the fifth and we're two hours and 20 minutes into the game. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no fans, so you just hear everything. Oh, man, that guy. Yeah. Good, good riddance, Robbie. Off to Canada. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think Merrill Kelly Ellie, ever wants to see Tatis on the on-deck circle again. He yeah, has. He's got at least three oh off the top of my head. It might be more. It might be four. I don't know. <laughs> I think he also has a couple. I'm pretty sure a couple of those were uh, first at bat, like lead off uh, of the game. Definitely at least one of them. At least one for sure. Yeah, Tatis owns the Diamondbacks. I mean, Tatis owns everybody, but he definitely owns the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I guess since we already talked about that, we'll just go on a quick tangent here. What did you guys think of the MLB Network going with Trevor Story as the best uh, shortstop in baseball? I think it was planned. I think it was planned. I think they want to get Tatis to the next level. I don't know what that level is, but I think they want him to go to another level. It's it's like mind blowing, honestly. Like how you can like look at Trevor's story and just say, like, yeah, he's better. Like in, in what in what realm? In in what category? Like, Here's what's funny. One. Other than that same question about him versus. I think Corey Seager's better than, than Trevor Story too. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. Uh, it's my. I, I don't. I don't know who does it. It's. It's. It's interesting. Like the. There's like it's. It's like it's like differing opinions in like the baseball round. There's like the people who like clearly recognize like Tatis is like the is you know the guy that's going to come through and like save baseball and it's like basically the you know the. I wouldn't say like the baseball messiah, but like he's going you can to be say one that. of the best players ever. And these other people are like, meh, he's going to, you know, make him prove it in a full season or whatever. And then they pick like guys like Trevor Story, who, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's, they, they never, you never, there's no counter argument for like, no, yeah, I, yeah, he's, he's okay, but like this guy's clearly better. Two, two comments on that. One, um, Almost even worse is Manny Machado finished lower on the third base rankings than he did in the MVP voting. So, you know, there's that. I didn't know. I, yeah, go ahead. Sir. And number two, number two, 
Tatis, uh, if, if, you know, the show is, you know, the show, excuse me, the best, you know, video game for baseball, uh, RBI baseball is trash. Um, anyways, the show, if, if it is telling us anything, it's that Tatis is getting a puppet because he is the next everything for baseball. I mean, guys, how are we going to get that puppet? I, I want to hang that in my gear or something like that. Cause that thing, uh, is yeah, Be- amazing puppet. I, I would put it on my desk at work. In half a second. Um, and then just now, final thoughts on the D-backs. Who has real quick? Shanks, D-backs, Giants. Um, I'm going to go with the Giants. I just I keep looking at the D-backs roster, and I just don't know where they, you know, where they outperform the Giants. Okay, on. Greg? Yeah, I – you know, I'm going to say D-backs. I, I, think, uh, I think the D-backs are – one of those teams that's just annoying. They stay in games. They have, I mean, to us, they like had those late inning wins that were really frustrating at the beginning of the season last year. Um, obviously, their <laughs> team changed quite a bit, but um, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't see the Giants. I feel like the Giants are going into a tank job uh, very yeah, shortly. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, when the Giants' three best players are thirty plus, so I, I, I can definitely see it. Um, all right, well, let's go on to the team that I think almost unquestionably, is going to be in the cellar. Colorado Rockies. Uh, there's not much here. Uh, much here at all. Um, the, the Nolan Arenado trade, let's call it. Uh, and then, you know, they do have network, the best shortstop in the league, as we talked about in Trevor's story. Uh, Black as well. And that's it. Uh, they got, like, I think their third best hitter, if you ask me, would probably be Ryan Altapia. He's, he's really not, not great. Uh, Ryan McMahon is slotted to be their, their cleanup hitter next season. I cut him from my <laughs> twice. Um, what happened to, uh, what happened to Tony, Tony Walters? Walters is a pirate. So uh, I was totally prepared to do a Tony Whoa. Walters segment on here. Uh, our, our buddy from uh, Rancho. <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, and yeah, he, uh, he, unfortunately he's a pirate. I got him. To, I got, I got him to pop out to shortstop. <laughs> oh, you know? so, dominating him. Well done. And yeah, I mean, they, their new third baseman, if you're like, well, Come on, Arenado. Clearly, they got a great backup in the in the realms. Uh, Brandon Rogers was two for twenty one last season. Uh, he is slotted to be their their third baseman now. And you know, in the rotation, they got German Mar- Herman, excuse me, Marquez, and he's all right, I guess. Kyle Freeland is fine. Sensatella is not great, but for whatever reason, he does pretty well against the Padres. Uh, and then John Gray has just been a disaster. And then maybe Austin Gomber from the Cardinals out of this trade will will do well, but you know there's there's just not a lot. Um, yeah, uh, RJ, what are your thoughts on the Rockies? Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought John Gray like a couple years ago was actually mm-hmm. be really good, and he has just completely lost it. The you know going back to your point on the Arenado trade, I mean, I just I don't get it. I like flat out cannot understand it. I understand, like, you're not getting – and Coors Field is usually highly attended uh, stadium, and you're not getting that revenue. So, like, maybe you want to, like, cut cash. But it, it's just – it's never a good idea to trade, you know, a, a top-10 player in the in the league. And, and so here we are. And you know what? Teams usually see the immediate dividends when they trade away a player of that caliber. You know, CC the the Marlins. As soon as they traded John Carlo, they hit the tank. So I'm I'm assuming the Rockies are probably going to do something similar. You kind of have to assume Story is going to be out as well. Like eventually, like they're you would think teams would probably be calling for him. 
if the Rockies are really going to go into this rebuild, you know, cash out mode. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, they're my pick for the seller. And, um, yeah, if you're a Rockies fan, I, I don't know what you're looking forward to this season other than Trevor Story trying to outperform, like, the other two better shortstops in the. In I do know one division. thing they can look forward to, RJ. Uh, that is comeback player of the year, Daniel Bark. <laughs> I mean, just completely stealing that award from from Will. It's 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 unbelievable. Like, did anybody watch baseball last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Bark. He's got some sad story. Blah blah blah. Will was better. Okay, God. Hey, Will was uh, Will was an MVP candidate. Um, I would put it this way, guys, with everything that's happened with the Rockies over the last uh, the last few weeks, I would much rather be in the position of trading away a bunch of 18, 16, 17-year-olds for a uh, known commodity uh, than, you know, be on the other side of receiving those 16, 17, and 18-year-olds. I just, I just don't get it. And, like, look, we've been a fan of a franchise that has, you know – you know, not, not really competed besides a couple years. I mean, it's just when you have a player like Nolan Arenado, what, like, just what are you doing? That guy is your city. Like, he's the reason that people come into the stadium. He's, he's the reason that people buy jerseys. I just – it doesn't make any sense to me at all, especially for what they got. It's just, you know what, fine. Be in the cellar for the next 25 years, Rockies. We'll have – seven championships by then at least and of course after all of us like talking shit on them they'll have their typical rocky start and be like first yeah but then they'll fade and that's what matters that's what bud black's teams do they fade (laughs) you know and and if you guys are wondering though you're like damn this roster it's not looking great well just remember they have ryan rollison the 82nd ranked prospect in keith law's (laughs) top 100 okay so this is a team you're like okay maybe they're not great right now but with ryan rollison they're gonna be in a few years here. Is, is that their only it top is. 100 prospect? Mm-hmm. Wow. It is. So, yeah. So the Diamondbacks reference have four. Uh, only one of them is projected to be like ready for this year. It's Geraldo, Geraldo, and Perdomo. <laughs> we, we know how Perdomo is going. Come on. That's not good. <laughs> hey, Perdomo. Hey. Hey, hey, honestly, Perdomo's a 20-game winner. I remember there was a time where I was like, protect Perdomo at all costs. And that, that just shows how bleak things were for a while. <laughs> well, to, and to Greg, your point, like, you know, the Padres were, you know, sellers for a long time and, you know, continually had to tank and cut cash in order to try to build up their farm system. But we never really – we never had a player – of Nolan Arenado's caliber and actually like until now where we have Fernando Tatis and guess what we went all in on him so like it's so nice now being in this franchise realizing like oh we have upper management that like recognizes when we have yeah and they're gonna go all in on it rather than the Rockies who are like ah fuck it (laughs) not only cash and get out Look, RJ, some people, some people might compare Nolan Arenado and James Shields as a wash. I you know, I think James Shields, you know, he was pretty good. He's an innings eater, you know. I, but, uh, I, I mean, the Rockies yeah, would have been I, thrilled I, I to get James Shields out of this deal. They just did. But, I, I mean, yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, not getting rid of a player like Nolan Arenado. I mean, we basically signed a better player in him in Manny Machado. So, clearly, ownership has proven they're, they're willing to go in the opposite direction, which is incredibly exciting yeah. to see. Yeah. And, guys, uh, 
you know, actually, let's uh, let's let's finish off the uh, conversation on the Rockies because you know you guys did bring up a good point, the top 100 list, and I think we do need to just finish off the podcast with a little bit of that because uh, you know we have some exciting uh, new updates for the, uh, the the listeners on the podcast. All right, let's do it. Anything else? Oh, Tyler, where do you think the Rockies finish? Uh, um, how many? I'm going to say win? 62. Yeah, that's bottom of the barrel. Uh, losing 100 games, not easy to do. Um, well, move, move forward in, for our last bit. Again, you know, for all you listeners, we love you. Uh, thanks for uh, being part of the Pod Squad Pod. You know, not the ones that shoot cannons, but the ones that speak on podcasts. Um, we uh, we want to finish this podcast out with uh, with a little bit of the prospects and what's happened with the new top 100. Um, I'm really excited about it because now we not only have Mackenzie Gore in the top 10, but C.J. Abrams has uh, gone all the way up to number eight. You know, there is talk about him potentially being the no- number one overall in maybe next year, the year after. I, it's just, again, Preller knows talent. He sees young guys and... I mean, like the other thing too, Robert Hassel is already in the top 100. I mean, he is a stud already. I'm just, I'm just very, very excited to see what happens with, uh, with our really young high school. Yeah, it's college. like CJ Abrams and, and Hassel are best friends already. If you look on social media, so you're gonna, it's exciting to see those two come up together. Oh yeah. It's it's great. A hassle at sixty two. Compusano, I think, is around. He's thirty eight in the thirties. Let me. He's thirty eight, right? That's what I thought. But anyways, like after doing all of these trades, I mean, you know, get like signing all these guys. Preller still keeps quite a uh, top tier farm system, uh, just feeding the team. And yeah, maybe C.J. Abrams is not going to be the shortstop, which is his typical position. Uh, obviously, we have we have a guy there. But second base, center field, maybe even left field. Like, I mean, it's just it's nice to have this type of talent coming up. In and two, it's just uh, everybody mentions like too. his foreign players, but the Preller's great in the draft too. I mean, to talk a little bit about the Rockies, they got Zach Veen, the pick after uh, Hassel. Everybody pre-draft seemed to have Veen ranked higher when I remember looking, and now Hassel has already worked his way into the top 100, and uh, Veen is not on that list. Yeah. Look at pitchers, too. I mean, obviously, Mackenzie Gore was, you know, <laughs> the top pitching prospect and just kind of like a can't-miss guy. But also Ryan Weathers. I mean, that was – that was he was the best high school pitcher. But, again, high school guy, you have to make sure to sign them. We have had, as, you know, Matt Bush, have had trouble with high school guys in the past. Uh, but it seems like Preller kind of understands the type of guy to get. Something I also love about uh, Ryan Weathers – he was around uh, the major league game with his dad all that time. So he kind of has that uh, understanding of what it is to be a professional. So I like that you brought up Weathers and Gore. Um, I do think Weathers probably gets called up before Gore based on everything we're, re- we're reading. But here's a good little uh, prop question for you. Who do you think has more innings in 2021, Weathers or Gore in the MLB level? I'll go with That's Gore. That's a good question. Ooh. Yeah. Because you think he'll be a starter and Weathers will be brought in as a reliever, or how come? I mean, let me rephrase this. Gore better have a better chance to, uh, you know, break that starting rotation. Uh, I mean, he's 
been so highly thought of. I'd like to see him, you know, show it on the big league level. So it's a little bit of a hope pick, but I'm going to go with Gore. From what from what I read, though, it, it seems like if there is a role for him, they maybe bring him in kind of like middle of the year as like a long reliever and let him get settled that way. But I don't know, like just kind of what you were reading at the end of camp, like he kind of had like some mechanical issues that he was like working on. Maybe he's yeah. corrected them and we'll have a good spring. But I still think we're we're probably not as close to a Mackenzie Gore sighting, whereas Weathers, you know, obviously was called up at the end of the year last year, like he may come in and play more of a, a factor in that longer. Yeah. Well, with Gore, role. Yeah, with Gore, so my, that, my inside source says that the, uh, the COVID w- was very hard on him in term- mentally and he got very bored facing the same hitters every day at USD. So, you know, we can't reveal sources here, but I got a guy on the inside who, who told me. Yeah. The other <laughs> thing I do want to know is, is a lot like obviously Dennis Lynn articles are great. A lot of these writers that we typically, you know, read about, uh, read and are the ones that give us the information on Gorn Weathers. All of these were written before we signed two more like pretty elite bullpen pitchers. So I think that has to come into play. I mean, we don't really know. Like maybe Weathers is actually down just as long as Gorn now because we don't have the need to bring him up. And what I will say though is. I think both of them will get uh, spot starts. Um, I also believe that Weathers will be brought up first for a bullpen um, role. I don't think Gore is coming up without starting. I just, I, I just believe that they view him as a starter. They're not going to bring him up without it being a starting role, not even a long reliever type of thing. But yeah, I mean, I could see like both of them because of our – you know, stronger bullpen situation now, not coming up until, as you said, RJ, the middle of the season. And also we, we tend to not talk about it much. You know, this is where Joe comes in because we typically, uh, Joe's the one that's typically the one to bring this up. We have Morahone. I mean, Morahone is a proven major league pitcher and he has only, <laughs> only up to go in my opinion. And he's just as old as both of those guys. I mean, or excuse me, just as young. Yeah, as I like Morahone a lot. And I think, to your point, his experience in the big leagues will help him, especially this year. It, you know, it always seems like, um, you know, pitchers, especially when they first come into the league, like they've always got to figure it out, you know, see Clayton Kershaw, like his first time getting brought up. So I, I do think there will be growing pains for Kenzie Gore when he's eventually brought up and you know at, at a certain point you just got to heard that he's ready and then as you bring him in you know make sure you help him work through this while also competing for uh you know a, a division and so that, I think that's kind of where the game of you know is he ready versus is he helping us kind of comes into play yeah all I gotta say is these are just incredible problems to have I mean my gosh <laughs> this would have been like everything we're relying on and looking forward to as recently as about two years ago. And now it's like, will Gore come up? Will Weathers come up? Ah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it also doesn't really matter. So we'll be good either way. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the, uh, the guy that I am, you know, that doesn't get talked about as much, but I'm really looking forward to. I know he just got uh, invited <laughs> to camp is Mason Thompson. That's a guy that I want to see. He throws Ched 6'7". Um, I I think that's another one to look out for uh, that has not been talked about. I presume about the, uh, Daniel sense. Camarena, you know, see he's got in the old uh, in the old tank left. Uh, you know, Greg uh, 
has a has a has history with uh, Daniel Camarano. I really want to see if his true colors come out when he's on the mound. You know what I say is if Daniel Camarena uh, uh, gets to play for the Padres this season, we'll do a pod and I'll uh, tell my story of uh, of a near death experience. I would. Say, I'll try to get him uh, on the pod just to like maybe talk through it with you. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that about does it. Uh, any final thoughts, RJ? Uh, you know, looking forward to beating these three tier these three teams down in the cellar where they belong, and uh, can't wait to talk about our, how we stack up against the Dodgers next time. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about your bet at some point here in the podcast uh, going forward. But uh, Greg, yeah, any final thoughts? Well, one, I'm very happy that I know how to pronounce Melanson. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, a really big, <laughs> big thing for me. Um, no, man, it's just this has been the fastest, uh, you know, offseason ever. And it's because the Padres have been doing things every other week, it feels like. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, very, very pumped for pitchers and catchers to report. Huge spring training starting April 1st is uh, – is uh, coming shortly. You're going to have opening day soon. And yeah, Hell yeah. Let's go, Judd. Come on. Come on. Send back. some stuff out there. We got to get this done. But all right. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be coming back to you here in the next week or two, breaking down the, uh, the Dodgers with Joe. But for RJ and Greg, signing mm-hmm. off. Go, Dads. Go, Pods. <laughs>